This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today it's Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. How are you doing? I'm really good, mate. How are you? Very good. A fairly quiet start to the week here in London. What was the standout market moment for you of the day? It's, it's been a relatively uneventful day, and I think that's probably going to be the case for most of this week and probably the first half of next, really leading up to Jackson Hole. There's not a huge amount of event risk, so we're really clinging to some of these data points which were coming out, which they are noteworthy, but I don't think they'd naturally attract as much attention as they are, are going to this week and next. The data overnight, again, it is really noteworthy data. The Chinese unemployment rate uh, was slightly higher than expected, but it was the fixed asset investment and retail sales and industrial production which quite significantly missed expectations, which has weighed on the markets a little bit today. And it's kind of weighed on the market because of what came on Friday. Uh, after the podcast recording, we had University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment reading. That came at the lowest level in a decade. And that seemed to just cause a bit of a wobble in the markets. And the downturn kind of started then and has just continued into today's session. Now, I think there's probably two reasons for that. One is because the link to COVID again and this Delta strain and the spread in China is one of the strong contributors to the, the weaker data that we saw overnight but also just where markets were we were talking about record high on record high on record high in european and u.s markets last week and i think they were just primed for a bit of a corrective move and we may have even touched on this on the friday podcast and that's effectively what we're seeing a little bit of bad news causing a corrective move but it's bad news based on information which we already kind of knew um the the chinese data was attributed largely to the restrictions which are being put in place in order to try and get to grips very early on with the spread of the of this delta strain throughout the different uh, areas in china uh, but also to the bad weather as well this little bit of bad data and suddenly we are seeing a uh, risk appetite taking a little bit of a hit but i'm not reading too much into it just simply because i still think there's plenty of optimism out there and the markets were just primed for this kind of move we look at the commodity markets oil down one percent this is kind of like a proxy at this point for chinese activity so when we see these weaker chinese data points and we're seeing more restrictions being imposed and we see stories like the end of last week with the port closure because of a single COVID case, then naturally that does uh, take its toll on crude. China is the world's largest importer of crude oil. So that kind of goes without saying. So that's kind of the proxy for Chinese data and activity and expectations really uh, at this moment in time. So we're still seeing plenty of volatility there. We've seen a big surge in gold and silver uh, over the course of the last couple of days. And again, that this links back to that University of Michigan uh, consumer sentiment reading. Um, not only do we see stock markets pull back late on Friday, but we saw the dollar pull back as well and US yields drop as well. Again, all of these were trading at uh, relatively near-term uh, extreme levels. So I think we just saw a bit of profit taking across the board, but gold really benefited from that after uh, enduring quite a torrid early part of the week. And what we saw is gold bouncing through 1760. And now it's uh, now it's not too far at 1786 at the time of recording and enjoying uh, a relatively good spell. Unfortunately, I'm not overly optimistic about the uh, outlook for gold beyond the, the near term just simply um, because we are talking about next week hearing about plans maybe being laid down for tapering asset purchases and more ideas on uh, interest rates so I think this is a bit of a near-term bump uh, as far as gold is concerned with well, these markets really collectively in a bit of a, a corrective mode. And for UK PLC today Craig it was a fairly significant moment because the new rules meaning that fully vaccinated people didn't have to isolate if they came into contact with a positive case came into being, which is going to be of great relief to 
many sectors, many business bosses across the board, we have had a big employment problem. Not so much unemployment, but re-employment. But that will help, won't it? It will help massively. The The hope just, though, is that it, it feels like an extra loosening uh, of restrictions because while all restrictions were lifted a month ago and the progress and the month that's followed has so far thankfully gone quite smoothly and will hopefully continue to be so, one of the downsides that we've seen because almost the the, the, the government were so heavily criticised for the track and trace system that maybe they were a little bit too stringent with uh, the system that's currently in place now. One of the issues that materialised and that weighed on growth over the course of the last couple of months has been this so-called, this pandemic is people being told to isolate because they've come into contact or potentially been exposed to someone uh, with COVID and that's effect that that's meant that we've had um, the workforce has been quite heavily impacted, especially in uh, specific sectors, basically those sectors that can't work from home. Um, so uh, they, this has been a major issue and they, they, they've played with the algorithm in order to try and ensure that fewer people have been pinged, which is coming to play uh, and seems to have been successful so far. Now they're saying, obviously, those who are double jabbed don't have to isolate. It's, it's, it's all about keeping people going to work as much as possible or really kind of hyper-targeting those who are most... Uh, at risk of uh, spreading the virus. And like I say, it all kind of feels like little risks that are being taken one after the other. And you just hope that these don't all build up the fact that we've we almost kind of reduced restrictions so excessively that it all looks like it's working beautifully during the summer months when people are meeting outdoors and spending a lot of time outside. But the moment that it gets to autumn, winter, are we going to be so fortunate with the number of cases that we're seeing? The thing that the UK will always have on its side is the fact that we do have an extremely high vaccination rate and hopefully that will seal through the autumn, winter months. But uh, right now, it's going to be positive for near-term growth in the UK to see fewer people who are being told that they can't effectively leave the house or go to work. So they should get a near-term economic boost. We just hope it doesn't, the bill doesn't effectively come later on. Let's briefly talk cryptocurrencies and there was some movement today, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, they pulled off a little bit. It, it, it was really interesting because earlier on over the weekend, we saw it kind of breach that 47,000 level. And this is a level that we've been talking about for the last week as being um, a big level of resistance as far as Bitcoin is concerned. And if it breaches 47,000, can we see it start to approach 50,000, 51,000, which I think stands out as a really interesting level. And we broke 47,000, but again, it just didn't have any momentum in the move. And we've rotated low and we're back below 47,000 today. And it just seems that on approach this $50,000 level, which has kind of been heralded as the kind of almost the sign that Bitcoin's back is returned and we're going to hit these new highs. We're just losing momentum. And I don't think that's a, a big issue for the med- for the medium-term prospects for Bitcoin. I just think that maybe this is just a rally that's got a little overextended. We're losing momentum towards the tops and maybe we'll see a bit of a corrective move after. But there's still plenty of volatility in Bitcoin right now. And, and I think it's just going to be really interesting to see if we continue to see that lagging momentum. Because one thing that you can always say with Bitcoin is it will always surprise you. Um, and I think it, it, wouldn't, it really wouldn't surprise me if while everything, all the momentum's lagging now and all the signs are pointing, to kind of hitting a ceiling around 50,000 it wouldn't surprise me if it almost flipped the other way and momentum just came flooding back and it smashed through the ceiling so I think it's going to be a really interesting one to watch over the course of the coming week before I let you go, Craig, what should we look forward to for tomorrow? So there's just a few pieces of data which I think are going to be interesting. I mean, overnight, we've actually got the uh, RBA minutes, which I think is going to be interesting as far as the Aussie dollar is concerned. Um, but we've got the UK jobs report early on tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So that's going to be, I think, an, an interesting point again. 
the UK not quite as close as the US as far as tapering and interest rates are concerned. In fact, the US could effectively begin reducing their asset purchases while we are still increasing ours. But I think that's going to be a real noteworthy one because it feels like the UK is not going to be that far behind compared to maybe some other central banks. So that in the morning, Euro area GDP as well in the morning, US retail sales in the afternoon. And then to wrap things up, we've got um, Jerome Powell speaking at an online town hall event. And he probably won't delve too much into the details on Fed policy and things like that if he is going to drop any hints it will probably come at Jackson Hole uh, later next week uh, but it's going to be something that everyone's going to be clinging on to just like they have every other comment that we've had from a Fed policymaker over the course of the last two weeks Craig thanks very much for joining us today and we'll speak to you again soon thank you the Oanda Podcast <laughs>